This is a dark, dark time of year, eh? It's dark. December 21st is the winter solstice, the the longest uh, night of the year. And so if you look at the official numbers, the sun rises at 7.50 a.m. on the 21st. It sets at 4.50 p.m. It's that time of year where, some, it depends on the day, but sometimes I come into the office around 7 or 7.30 in the, in the morning, and usually I leave around 5. It, it depends. It, it varies. But those mornings when I come in around 7 or 7.30, it's dark when I get here. And then, especially in this season, some days I'm here all day, and then I leave at 5, and it's dark when I go home. Many of the rest of you know that experience. You leave for work, and it's dark. You get home, and it's dark. And it's this time of year where driving isn't real fun either because it's dark. It's a dark time of year. But we've got Christmas lights all around us. Has anybody else been enjoying Christmas lights maybe a little bit more than usual this year? I don't know why. I've, I've, been, I've been appreciating them a bit more. Yeah, Bob has as well. They are shining brighter this year. I know our neighbors, Brian and Bonnie Steckley, you saw Brian in, in the video there. They always do such a wonderful job with their Christmas lights, and they get them all wrapped around in some fairly high trees. And uh, this year, Hannah, when I, the day they put them up and I got home, she was so excited to show me. Like she was just, she's like, Dad, you got to come see the lights. And I, you know, I'd seen them when I, when I drove past, but she was just like, pumped to tell me the news. Her eyes were just sparkling because she was excited about those Christmas lights. Who's heard about the Christmas lights in, in Elderton? There's one, one house. Has anybody driven past? Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty incredible. Their, their neighbors must grow weary of all the traffic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, beautiful. And, and, and so we, there's a reason why. Now it's a part of our Christmas celebration, but there's a reason why we don't put up fancy lights in June. We do it in December because it's the darkest month of the year. And in the midst of the darkness and the gloominess and it's colder and we can't do everything we love to do outdoors, these lights shine brightly, adding joy and and color, and they remind us of goodness. They remind us of life. They remind us of warmth in these dark days. I'm appreciating Christmas lights a little bit more this year in the midst of the the drearier, the different, the, well, to be frank, kind of crummy Christmas season that we are in. These Christmas lights also remind us that there are brighter days ahead. They remind us that there's hope, that there's joy to come. And Jesus is actually much like that. Christmas lights also serve as a pointer, as a as a, a reminder, a symbol of who Jesus is, a bright light shining in the darkness. We have from John chapter 1, verses 4 to 5, it says, In him, in Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of all humanity. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It's a reminder that the darkness... Now, I mean, the, the physical darkness of this time of year, but the, the, the darkness of our world, the pain, the evil, the injustice, the sorrow, the sin, all of that, it's not going to be overcome. Jesus will have victory over it. The world that Jesus was born into was a weary world. He was born to the nation of Israel, to the people of God. And at this time, their national identity had been crushed. They were under the thumb of a foreign empire, 
the Romans. And it, it was horrible for them. They paid high taxes. Joseph and Mary were traveling because they had to have a census taken. That, that wasn't the usual for God's people. It was a very real sign that you are oppressed by someone else, by another nation. It, it, it was hard. It was a weary, weary world. And into this darkness, Jesus is born as a sign of light. A light pointing forward to life with joy and with hope. So when, when we look at the story of the nativity, we see points of God's glory. It's almost as if when Jesus said, you know what, like I'm going to step into this world and it's going to be in really humble circumstances, but I'm also going to show off a little bit in what's going on here. I'm going to put my glory on display. I'm going to show how powerful, how full of life, how brilliant I really am. And so, to sh so he decided to shine brightly in the midst of that darkness, declaring that even though it's dark, even though you're weary, there is hope. Goodness and love are coming. So we're going to read the Christmas story here, and I want you to pay attention. Where do you see light? Where do you see brightness? Where do you see the glory of God? We're actually we're reading a fair bit of scripture this morning um, with our Advent reading and with the, uh, the scripture reading prior to that. It's, it's wonderful. Last night we were watching a Christmas special with Matthew West. Matthew West is the, the artist who sang the song Truth Be Told that we use for our Becoming Whole series. And so he had this online Christmas special that we watched together as a family. And, and in it, he said, he read the Christmas story. And he said, you know, when I was a kid, it would be time to open up the gifts. We'd gather on the tree and my dad would pull out the Bible. And he said, it was torture. It was the last thing I wanted to do when I was a little kid. Can anybody identify with that? I know I can. Dad couldn't read that story fast enough. Um, but he says, and now as an adult, he says, I do it with my kids. And I see just this, the incredible value of in this, in this moment of... Our, the kind of the focus of our, our Christmas activity, opening presents around the tree, we pause and we say, Jesus is our cornerstone. Jesus is the one through whom we find true generosity and hope and light. Anyhow, so we're going to read the Christmas story. I'm going to start from Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. That, that felt like incredible darkness to the, to the people this was the first sentence that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born." You know, I, I'd never ever clued into this, but I read something this week that suggested, you know, we always think that they got there and she had the baby the first thing that night. There's nothing actually in the text that suggests she had it the first thing that night. It could have actually been a couple days later. I don't know. I, I'd never ever noticed that. It just says while they were there. The time came for the baby to be born. And she gave, born, gave birth to her firstborn, firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen, which were just as they had been told. And then in Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who is born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Do you see the presence of light in that story? Do you see the instances in which the glory, the brilliance of God is on display? So we've got the shepherds, a weary bunch. And for them, we see this awesome display. And it's fascinating that God would do something so marvelous just for a couple of guys out out in a field. It says they're out in the field. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. God's showing off in the midst of that dark night, in the midst of the weariness of the land, in the midst of these worn, ragged shepherds. It shines brightly. And it's God saying, there's, there's something exciting happening. This is my goodness. This is my glory. This is my love being poured out. It's a sign of hope. And then we have the wise men. The wise men are yearning for truth. They're looking for hope. In, in a vast sea of all kinds of ideologies, these guys were philosophers, all kinds of ideologies, they recognized the bankruptcy of a lot of what they'd been working through, and they were yearning for something more. And so that's why they followed this star to find this new king. And we have the presence of light, this bright, special star tied to a prophecy This star was more prominent than the rest, and it led them right to Jesus. Light in the midst of darkness. God showing off his glory with a sign of hope. So what does this have to say to us this Christmas? In the midst of the darkness that we're experiencing. Now now today, I, I feel pretty joyful today. Some of these days in the midst of Christmas, I don't feel joyful. 
I don't know how it's going to feel on Friday for you. If it'll feel joyful or just horribly dreadful, I don't know. But this is a darker Christmas season. I invite you in the midst of this darkness to fix your eyes on the points of light. Embrace and appreciate the beautiful lights on the houses around you, on the trees. Savor the Christmas music maybe a little bit more than usual. Revel in the time that you can spend with those who are closest to you. Look for and receive those points of goodness and light in the midst of this Christmas season. Keep your eyes fixed on these points of light, for the darkness will not overcome them. But most of all, above all of that, I ask that you would fix your eyes on Jesus as the source of your light this year. Maybe, as everything is stripped away, maybe, as some of these things seem darkest, it's a rich opportunity for Jesus to shine even brighter in your life. For us to fix our eyes on him and the power of the glory of the gospel, the brightness of the hope that we have that God came to live among us. Jesus is the truth. He is the light for you. He is the light for your neighbor. And the darkness will not overcome it. This is the Christmas message. And truth be told, those lights, the electricity bill is going to come. Those calories are going to be added to the waste. All these other points of light in the darkness, they they have their day. They come, they go, they're fleeting. But Jesus is not fleeting. On your darkest day, Jesus will be with you. On your brightest day, Jesus will be with you. When you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, whether it be incredible pain of someone close to you or someday on your own deathbed, Jesus will be there with you. He is good and he is true. And we see the depth of his love in this fact that he came to earth. He stepped down from glory. I don't, I don't know. Like he was, he was existing as the creator of the universe and then the next day he's this little baby. Like do we realize how much he let go of, how much he restricted himself in order to do this? Because he loved us. He is the light. This is the Christmas message that your creator wanted to be with you. Your creator wanted to save you from your sin through his work, his sacrifice at the cross. To give you the hope of a better life. Whenever we do have a candlelit time, other years in our Christmas Eve service, um, those of you who did have the candlelight um, experience at our our Christmas worship out at Huron Ridge last Sunday, um, those who join on Zoom. Anyway, any, any point at which you kind of do the whole candlelit thing and you're sitting there holding it, I always look right at the flame. I just love watching it kind of dance and, and flicker. And as I focus on that flame, the darkness around me, because, you know, we turn down the lights, whatever, it, it tends to kind of blur and fade out. And there's that warmth and that beauty in the candle light. And I invite you this Christmas season to fix your eyes on Jesus as your light. He is the one who will not let you down. He is the one who will carry you through. And perhaps this Christmas is the richest opportunity we have to let that truth and that power seep deep in our hearts. Jesus is the light that we must all fix our eyes on. Will you 
look to him this Christmas. Let's take a moment and pray together. God, we ask for your blessing. We ask that you'd fill us with your spirit and and that, God, that you would stir in our hearts that we would receive you as a light this Christmas season. It's weird, it's hard, it's frustrating, it's all of that. You know that, you're with us. Um, So we hand that to you and we ask that you would come and, and just may your light kind of pierce through or divide the darkness that we would see you. We would see your glory that we'd receive you in a special way this Christmas. So we pray together, come, Lord Jesus, do your work within us. Thank you for the truth of this promise that you are light and darkness will not overcome you. Amen.